Welcome to the First Baptist Barberville Weekly Sermon Podcast. At FBC Barberville, our mission is to gather, grow, give, and go. Join us for live worship on the Court Square in Barberville, Kentucky, or to learn more about our church, visit fbcbarberville.com. Here is Pastor Tyler Shields. proud of our church for stepping up and putting our money where our mouth is. We claim to be missional, and uh, in a lot of ways we are. In this Christmas season, we've got the opportunity to give $24,000 or more straight to the international mission field. What a great opportunity. Turn to somebody this morning and tell them Merry Christmas. Thank you so much again for being here this morning. It's great to see everyone. Appreciate uh, you families being here to support these kiddos this morning. They did just a fantastic job. And thanks to all of our uh, uh, adults who helped put this together and worked very hard over the past several weeks to get these kids ready for this morning. Uh, This week, uh, again, I've already said it, but I'm very proud of our church. Uh, Giving more to Lottie Moon is is an incredible... uh, Incredible thing. It's great to be in the position as a church where God has blessed us so much this year that we're able to give above and beyond what we'd planned. Also, thank you so much, uh, you all and, and everybody in the community that brought stuff to the church this week. We had a mountain of stuff to send out to Western Kentucky to help with the relief efforts going on there. So thank you so much for that. Thank you for our deacons and for everybody that helped uh, get the Christmas food boxes out this weekend. Thank you for uh, bringing by, you know, food by the church. Thank you, deacons, for going out and doing that. Do, did we get a final count, guys? We're still giving them out. All right, they're still going out. So, so thank you all so much for helping with that. Really, we've already gotten several uh, notes into the church over the weekend. Just families thanking us for giving them. A box of food. So they don't know what their Christmas would have looked like if First Baptist Church hadn't showed up with a box of food this year. So thank you so much for helping out with that. We've been celebrating the Christmas season uh, in full force since December began. And we began this month talking about the many prophecies leading up to, pointing to this precise moment in history when, when God would fulfill those promises by sending the promised one. Uh, the one that would deal with sin once and for all. Remember the, the seed of the woman that would crush the head of the serpent. Last week we looked at the fulfillment of many of those in the opening pages of the Gospel of Matthew. And Matthew gave us many details surrounding Jesus' birth. Everything that took place, he reminded us of just a few of those prophecies and how those were fulfilled in the birth of Jesus. He also taught us things about Jesus, paying 
you know, specific attention to his name, the name of Jesus, meaning God is our salvation or Emmanuel, which means God with us. He talked about the virgin birth, how Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary and came to take away the sins of the world. This morning, we're going to be in another gospel. It will be in John chapter one. If you'd like to turn there, we'll also have it on the screen. And John takes a slightly different approach than Matthew or Luke. Matthew and Luke really get into the details, and I think they're trying to prove who Jesus was. They're trying to argue some of these things. They're focusing on prophecy. And John is unique because John just simply begins telling us about Jesus as he knows Jesus. First-hand experience. And I think that was John's goal, was to tell everybody else exactly who Jesus was. Let's look at John chapter 1, verse 1. We're going to cover a lot of scripture this morning. John goes all the way back to the very beginning. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through Him, and apart from Him, not one thing was created that has been created. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. And in John 1, 6 is for anybody whose name is John. This is your life verse, okay? There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was created through him, and yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be the children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent or of the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. And here's where we're going to focus this morning. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only son from the father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him and exclaimed, this was the one of whom I said, the one coming after me ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. Indeed, we have all received grace upon grace from his fullness. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The, the one and only Son who is Himself God and is at the Father's side, He has revealed Him. Let's go to God in prayer this morning. Father, we thank You so much for this incredible season that we get to celebrate the, the greatest gift that's ever been given, the gift of Your very own Son. And God, we thank You, Lord, for allowing us to come together this morning to worship Him, God, through song, through this wonderful play that our kids have blessed us with. And God, this morning, we thank You for Your Word that teaches us how the Word became flesh. In Jesus' name, amen. I personally believe that you can't understand the new apart from the old. That you can't fully grasp and understand the New Testament separate from understanding the Old Testament. And I think that John, of all people, got this. John goes all the way back to the same language, similar language to the opening pages of Scripture in the book of Genesis. In the beginning, and from that point forward, John teaches us several incredible truths about Jesus Christ. Now, guess what? You don't get any fancy points this morning. Nothing that rhymes, nothing that starts with the same letter. We're just going to go right through the Word, okay? 
really throwing you off, right? John says, in the beginning was the word, the Greek logos. John is saying that Jesus is the very word of God, the active, the transforming, all wise, all knowing word of God. He was with God in the beginning. Now, what does that mean? That means he was not created, right? That he was eternally with God. But not only was he with God, John says very explicitly, he was God, the son of God. He's both eternal with God. And I believe equally divine with God. There was never a time in history. Now, I know we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior on Christmas, right? But there was never a time in history when the son of God did not exist. Now, listen carefully. There was a time when Jesus of Nazareth, this man, did not walk on the face of this planet. But there was never a time in eternity past or ever that the Son of God did not exist equally with God. He is eternal. And the very first words of our Bible in the book of Genesis teach us this truth. When we open the Word of God to the very first words of Scripture, it says, In the beginning God created And the Hebrew word used for God is this Hebrew word Elohim, which means God in the plural form. You could almost say it means God's, but we know that's not what the author is actually saying. He's very subtly trying to teach us that our God, who is one, existing in eternity past, is actually one in three. the, The Jews would later come to say, Hear, O Israel, our God is one, existing in three persons. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And John is telling us that this Jesus, this baby that that has been born, He's the Son of God, existing in eternity past with God, cooperating actively in the work of creation even, with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Now in history, He's working with the Father, with the Holy Spirit, not to create everything, but to redeem everything. To bring light, as John says, into the darkness of this world. Notice verses 6 through 13. John moves from talking about the light to talking about a personal experience with the light. He says, John the Baptist, his role was to be a witness to the light of Christ. In other words, to show people that this one that was, that was coming is the one that's greater than him, the one that's going to redeem people from their sins, save people from their sins. In a sense, I think we're all supposed to kind of be Johns, right? We're supposed to be witnesses to who Jesus is, to point people to the light of Christ. And if your name is John, again, John 1, 6, you better live up to that verse. That's your life verse. But John's quick to bring up a more pressing issue. He says you can't, and really you can't share the light Or point people to the light if you yourself have not received the light of Christ. And what he's saying, there's a lot packed into this. And it's so simple, but it's so profound. John talks about how Jesus, the Son of God, the second person of the Godhead, was active and helped create everything that there is. He helped create the world. He, He created the people. He created the very disciples who would follow him. He created and appointed people as rulers, the very rulers that eventually would persecute and murder him and John says he was in this world that he created but the world did not recognize him he came to his own people even he came to the ones who knew all these prophecies that we've been talking about the ones who had been waiting and eagerly watching for the coming Messiah and they didn't even recognize him and not only that John says they didn't receive him 
But then he says there were some that did receive him. And he said to those that saw the light, to those that believed, John says in his name, again, Jesus, God our salvation, Emmanuel, God with those, he gave the right to be called the children of God. John says those are the ones who are basically born again, not of the will of man or the will of the flesh, but of the will of the Father. They're born again. And John is teaching us that even today, folks, there's a choice that has to be made. In John's day, people could simply look at Jesus. They could see him and and, and for themselves determine if they were going to accept who he was or not. If they were going to recognize him as the son of God, as the promised Messiah, or they would reject him. Today, we have this. And instead of looking directly at Jesus, we look back to who he was, to who he is still today. And we have to determine for ourselves, will we accept Jesus for who he is? That he truly was God's son, that he truly was the promised Messiah. And even today, some will be choice is still the same. Lastly, John teaches us something very incredible. And this is where we want to focus this morning. The last few verses of our passage. It says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word, again, the eternal, divine word of God took on flesh. What does this mean? Well, first of all, we've got to understand John John is not saying that the Son, that the second person of the Godhead, stopped being God for 33 years. It's not what he's saying. To the contrary, he's saying that the Holy Spirit again was at work. And as he was in the work of creation, like we talked about last week, and the Holy Spirit brought life to the virgin's womb, life to a place where there was no life. And God himself, the very Son of God, took on the flesh of humanity was born of a virgin was literally wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger and John teaches us he didn't stop being God but God came and he dwelt among us he lived with us and the language that John uses here when he says he dwelt among us again he connects the old to the new it's the same language of the wilderness tabernacle when the glory of God was in that tent of tabernacle right there among the people in the wilderness and God dwelt among his people in the wilderness likewise Jesus was born the son of God the word of God took up residence in one of these old tents we're just a temporary shelter these old bodies are and God took on one of our tents one of our bodies our flesh and he dwelt among his people the light came from heaven and pitched a tent in the middle of our darkness. Now I've tried to, to figure out how to get this point across this morning. What it meant for Jesus to do that. And I thought about some of my personal experiences. And it's one of my great privileges in, in ministry. In the chaplain ministry in the military, uh, for example. To go and to, to minister to and to be with our troops wherever they are. And our troops folks go to some very dark and desolate places. And this past week I was able to watch where many of them were... Uh, sleeping on the ground, they were sleeping in cots, they were sleeping wherever they could find a place to just lay down and get a few hours of sleep. And I thought, you know, many times it's, I have this opportunity to literally go where they are and pitch my tent among them 
and hopefully prayerfully bring just a little hope and a little peace and a little light to what would otherwise be a very dark and grim situation. And that's what Jesus, the Son of God, did for us when he left the glory and the splendor and the light of heaven. And he came and he took on one of these bodies and he pitched his tent in the middle of our hopelessness, in the middle of our darkness, and he literally dwelt among us. It's so simple, again, but it's so profound. The Word became flesh. John says we beheld His glory. Glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. That, to me, is the story of Christmas. That God became a man for the sake of mankind. But the story of Christmas doesn't stop on that night in Bethlehem, does it? That flesh, that that child, that baby. The flesh that he took on would grow into this wonderful man named Jesus. And he, in his flesh, would hunger. And he would thirst. And he would grow tired and weary. He would become emotional, angry, sad, happy. His flesh would be tempted. His flesh would suffer everything that we do except it would not sin. And ultimately that flesh years later would be whipped and beaten and nailed to an old rugged cross to pay for our sins. I believe that God knew what he was doing. I believe that Jesus, the Son of God, the second person of the Godhead, knew what he was getting himself into when he put on this flesh, when he pitched his tent among us, when the Word became flesh. There's a song that we sing that says, The light of the world stepped down into darkness. And John would tell us that all who might receive him would recognize that light. That hope that that Jesus is the Son of God given to man. That all who might receive Him just like they did 2,000 years ago, John says, could be called the children of God. Only question is, is that you this morning? Are you a child of God? Have you received Jesus for who the Bible teaches that Jesus is? Over the past few weeks, we've pretty much gone all the way through from the Old Testament saying, hey, look, here's what they wrote about. He's coming. He was promised in the beginning. God said, I'm going to send someone to take care of sin once and for all. We talked about his birth last week. This morning, we talked about the theological implications of God becoming a man to pay the sin debt for man. Have you ever received Jesus for who the Bible says that he is? And if not, we want to give you that opportunity this morning. Because there's no greater privilege, I can promise you this, than having a relationship with God your Father through His Son that He sent on Christmas. Would you stand together as we pray this morning? Father, I thank You, Lord, first of all, for who You are. That You are a, a wonderful and mighty and gracious Father for us. God, I thank you that from the very beginning when we've sinned against you as a race, when we failed you, God, you were already planning and preparing a way to bring us back to you. And God, we celebrate this month, this season, 
the very beginnings of that promise being fulfilled. That you sent Jesus, your only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish, but could have everlasting life. Lord, that's the hope of Christmas. And God, today, if there's someone here that's never experienced that hope, they've never seen that light, they don't know what it's like to have peace with God, then Lord, I pray this morning they'd be saved. And God, for the rest of us, I pray that we would take our role as witnesses to that light seriously. God, that we can make Christ known in our homes, in our families, in our schools, in our communities. Everywhere we go, let us let the light of Jesus shine. It's in his name that we pray this morning. Amen. So we sing a song of invitation this morning. If you need to pray, if you'd like to just come to the altar and pray, or if there's a decision you need to make, if you need to be saved this morning, why don't you come as we sing? Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon podcast. Please subscribe, but also join us live in person on the Court Square in Barberville or find us on YouTube by searching FBC Barberville, on Instagram at first underscore Baptist underscore Barberville, on Twitter at Barberville FBC, or on our Facebook page, First Baptist Barberville.